Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. College hockey now. See it live. Be sure to tune in as the Denver Pioneers face off with the Miami Red Hawks. Saturday at 8 p.m. on the American Sports Network. Hey everybody, I'm Jim Williams along with Ira Kaufman and Joe Henderson, the Sunshine Boys. Before we get started today, uh, as we get ready to talk about college basketball, I just want to say welcome to those of you listening to us on the American Sports Network, ASN Digital. We have been doing this now for almost a year and had a lot of fun and we're more than happy to be part of the new ASN Digital family. So... Without any further ado, let's talk to Joe Henderson about, uh, let's talk about the top 25. Any surprises, anything that's exciting to you about this week's top 25 in college basketball? Well, everybody is is got to chime in with an opinion on Gonzaga. And, um, you know, to get this deep into the season undefeated is is unbelievable. I mean, just Mm-hmm. You know, they were supposed to have a tough test last week against St. Mary's. Uh, turned out to be not that tough. 26-0 uh, and 0 as we're talking right now. And everybody, you know, like I said, has an opinion on Gonzaga. And the opinion goes something like this. Yeah, wait till they get into the tournament. They always figure out what they're doing right and correct it. And they we'll do the same again this year. And I'll tell you why I think that's true. Um, they may be a sweet 16 team, probably should be at this rate. They're, they are going to be a number one seed, but as, as you move forward, the second round game for, for a, a number one seed of, shall we say shaky status is a dangerous, dangerous game. Cause you're going to either play an eight or a nine team which is probably a a, um, a veteran team from a major conference. It's been in the wars all year. Uh, you know, has probably beaten some good teams. Maybe doesn't have enough on the resume to warrant a higher seed, but definitely a team that can play and that is going to look at Gonzaga and go, "Yeah, so what? We saw, you know, five teams just like you in our conference." So, and then if they do survive that, they go on to, you know, the to the sweet 16 where they, you know, in theory, they, they draw a number four seed and then it only gets tougher from there on out. And so, you know, I would, they're, they're a great story. And I think a lot of people are rooting for them, but a lot of people are skeptical as well. And, and I would be one of them. You know, uh, Go ahead, uh, this, this season, I don't know, it, it's shaping up sort of as an outlier season. If you're a college basketball fan, I think that's kind of refreshing. Um, the power seems to be out west to a certain extent, uh, besides Gonzaga, Oregon, UCLA, Arizona, uh, all top 10 teams, dangerous teams. Um, 
And Joe, I noticed that uh, some traditional powers, uh, you know, while they're not, uh, you know, struggling at the 500 mark, but the Dukes, the North Carolinas, Joe, the Kentuckys, um, they don't seem to be as strong as as in years past. So it, it looks like a little bit of a transition year, Jim, uh, in college hoops this year. You know, it's not a bad thing uh, for that no. to happen. I think it's kind of fun, actually, to, to see that well, play out that way. I will, I will, I will ask my my great friend Ira if he watched Kentucky last night against Tennessee. Uh, they just dismembered Tennessee, who had beaten them before. And um, when uh, when Kentucky came down a couple of weeks ago to Florida and was just dismembered down there by the Gators that night, um, it I think it was a wake up call for them. And they're going to be a dangerous team. I don't think – I wouldn't put them in that, that group that can win the national championship right now, but I sure wouldn't want to see them on the, opposite, uh, on the other side of the, uh, the bracket from me. Uh, I, think, so, uh, I think their strength, Joe, is in the backcourt, uh, and, and that's big come tournament time. There's no question about it. Uh, but, but, Jim, you know, you, you can't lose the kind of talent that uh, – you know, the Wildcats have lost over the years. Like this Carl Anthony Towns kid from a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this kid is a monster in the NBA. This this kid is going to average, uh, you know, 22 points and 12 rebounds for the next 10 years. He he is a stud. And, um, you know, he, he'd still be at Kentucky. So, eventually, Joe, it wears on you a, a little bit. But Joe's right. They, they got a good backcourt. Kentucky, and um, when when March rolls around in April, uh, sometimes that's enough. Sometimes. Well, there's there's another team that that uh, you can't go to sleep on, and it is the Florida Gators, uh, who just just uh, ran over Auburn last night. But there was there was a problem there at this at this juncture. We don't know uh, how severe this injury is, but their center John Bunu a former University of South Florida guy who quite wisely transferred to Gainesville after one year, um, left the game last night uh, with a knee injury and did not return, scheduled um, for an examination today. If he's hurt uh, for any significant amount of time, that's, that's a tough, tough deal for the Gators because they don't have a lot of depth inside at this point. And um, Boone is not a big scorer or anything like that, but he has a wide body and a presence. He's very athletic. And uh, he takes a lot of pressure off Florida's guards, as, as Ira uh, wisely noted. It is still a guard-driven game. And mm-hmm. um, they can come out now if they don't have to worry about what's going on in the middle uh, as much if, if Igbunu's out for a while, that's that's problematic for the Gators. You're listening to the Sunshine Boys podcast. I'm Jim Williams, your host. That was Joe Henderson. Ira Kaufman. Um, we're looking at two teams in the state of Florida, Florida State and Florida, who rank in the uh, top 25 at this point in time. Uh, it's I, I think in some regards that uh, – 
Leonard Hamilton might be one of the most underrated coaches in college basketball. You guys think that's the case or I not so much? That, I, think, I think that's a fair point. Uh, Florida State uh, has been a pretty solid program um, on, on the court. Uh, I, but I've always felt that uh, they haven't maximized their talent, Jim. They, they play out of control in the past. Uh, mm-hmm. This team seems a little more poised. And, and, Joe, on your point on the Gators, uh, I think the consensus, even in Gainesville, was that once uh, Billy Donovan moved on, uh, you know, no, nobody's going to be talking about Gator basketball for a decade. It's going to go back into the the doldrums ob- obscure behind the football team, which, by the way, is, is no great shakes uh, either uh, at this point. But, Joe, that hasn't happened. Uh, they had an okay season last year, and, and, you know, they've been outstanding this year. Joe, correct me if I'm wrong, but the few games that the Gators have lost, they, they, they're in every game. Um, they don't get blown out, and on the other hand, they blow out a lot of people. So, you know, uh, there's a lot of good coaching being done, uh, to Jim's point, in, in Gainesville and, uh, and Tallahassee. Uh, much of it unnoticed, I, I think, by the national pundits. Well, uh... Yes. Florida, I think, is one of those under-the-radar teams, um, and there's a bunch of them this year. But uh, you've got – what you've got in in the Florida Gators is a very uh, – a veteran team, which is an anomaly in college basketball. And that is they, – they, they are not a bunch of one-and-dones, and they're very balanced. Uh, Canyon Barry, Rick Barry's kid, is scored 30 points last night for the Gators. And but the big news was he actually missed a free throw, which I think he'd made 42 in a row to that point. Uh, the Gators can fill it up from outside. They can uh, run you into the ground, and as a veteran team, they don't get rattled. So if you're thinking about putting, you know, the the formulating your early thoughts for March Madness and how to put a bracket together. I would advise uh, giving the Gators a big, big look because veteran teams in March tend to do better. Uh, Maybe they're not quite as athletic as um, some of their uh, their counterparts, maybe Kentucky. Kentucky probably had, and there are no question, has more McDonald's All-Americans. But it takes time for these teams to come together and Florida has has done that. They weren't, um, you know, they weren't as strong earlier in the year. But then all of a sudden, it's just like they took off. And you know, they're sitting right there on top of the SEC, right there with Kentucky and a, another sneaky team, uh, South Carolina. Uh, there's it, it putting together a bracket this year is going to be the ultimate. Throw a dart at the board and hope you hit something. Because there's, there are so many good teams out there this year, and I, and I think it's, uh, it's it's much more um, balanced than normal. I would I could probably rattle off eight or ten teams right now that could legitimately win the NCAA title, and I wouldn't even blink an eye. And I'm probably going to miss four or five. That could. Got, uh, Jim, do you do you think? Um... Do you think Duke is, is is a threat this year with you know, this this kid Grayson Allen, Jim, mm-hmm. I, I think he's I think he's one of the 
the most uh, polarizing or controversial players we've seen uh, in, in quite a few years, um, you know, with his style of play. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, you know, I think NBA scouts think the kid has a lot of talent, uh, especially going to the next level. Um, but some of his actions on the court, highly questionable. Um, Duke, Duke uh, I don't know what to make of Duke, Jim, at this point. Well, I think, you know, look, Duke is, Duke's got a lot of talent on that team. I don't know how, um, I, I don't, I don't think they're a Final Four team. I don't think they're a Sweet Sixteen team, um, which is odd to say when it, when you start when you're talking about Duke. But they just have kind of flown under the radar um, this time around. Uh, you know, they're they're just. Um, I guess I guess even Duke can have an off year. Not not so fast, my friend. It's nice to see you turn on somebody else other than me, Henderson. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. well, make your All game, right. Joseph. Duke, I'm here. Go ahead. All right. As as the season opened, Duke was considered maybe one of the um, you know the, those handful of talented teams that could uh, be in the mix for the national title. Mm-hmm. They they had so many obstacles coming their way this year. They had the whole thing with, you know, Grayson Allen. They had, um, you know, Coach K's back injury. They had um, a really rough stretch there about three weeks to a month where you really weren't too sure about them. But they're coming back together. Uh, They beat uh, North Carolina the other night uh, at Cameron, which is a which is a big big deal for them, and I'm telling you, there are other guys on that team you need to focus on. And I would start with sophomore Luke Kennard, the pride of Franklin, Ohio, who uh, is here's a guy who was, if I'm not mistaken, he was Mr. Basketball in Ohio from a little small town that nobody besides me has ever heard of. And he goes to Duke. Uh, We used to to play Franklin. That was our rival when I was uh, 11 and warrior. But uh, the uh, Luke Kennard comes on. Uh, He is, he's a guy who can just microwave offense for you. He's smart, gets the ball to the right guy, unselfish, gives up his body. He's a guy I really like to watch play the game. And they've got a whole bunch of guys like him on that team. So they're going to be peaking as March comes. And everybody's going to look at them and go, oh, well, you know, Duke did this and Duke didn't do that. And they had all these problems. And you're going to look up in, you know, the third week of March and, and you're going, Dad gum, there they are again. And, and and Joe, you I, got the Coach I, K factor, right? That you know you can't you can't you got forget the Coach that K either. factor. Well, and remember, uh, while he was still on the sidelines recovering from his back problems, uh, the team was struggling. They weren't playing well. They didn't appear to have a lot of emotion. They they you know lost some games they shouldn't lose. And Coach K kicked them out of their locker room. Now that's an old college stunt. Everybody does it, you know. Uh, Pat Summit used to do it uh, when she was at Tennessee, but it gets their attention. And they're, they're, it reminds, in this instance, 
the Duke players about the name on their shirt is bigger than the individual. And since then, you know, you you tell me uh, who's playing better basketball than them right now. And um, if you know Duke, and we all do, they're just going to get better and better and better and better. So you can say you heard it here first. I'm marking it down. By the Mark way, it down. By yeah, the way, would be... uh, Duke is a four seed in both the uh, projections of CBS and ESPN. We will be right back with more of the Sunshine Boys on ASN Digital right after these words. He jumps, he shoots, he scores. Don't miss a single drive, dribble, or dunk. It's college basketball season, and the American Sports Network has your ticket to the games. See your favorite league play with teams from Conference USA, the American, Atlantic 10, Mid-American, and more. Live college basketball on the American Sports Network. It's not just about the wins and losses. It's about the fights and tosses. Steps up, centers it, shot. Oh, what a sprawling save. It's always hockey season. Every slap, every scrape, every score. See it all live on the American Sports Network. Welcome back to Sunshine Boys on ASN Digital. I'm Jim Williams, your host, along with the Sunshine Boys themselves, Ira Kaufman. Joe Henderson, let's pick up the conversation with you, Ira. Oh. We would uh, we would be remiss, gentlemen. And no, we, we don't want to do that. We don't want to be remiss right. on this podcast. Uh, if we don't acknowledge, James, uh, yes. the win streak uh, by your Huskies uh, in stores, Connecticut, on the women's side, uh, I don't care who you're playing. Extraordinary accomplishment for Oriema. Um, yeah, he gets the great players, but uh, Brianna Stewart's not there anymore. She was the best player in college basketball. Um, and by the way, they stay four years at UConn, right, Joe? They don't go anywhere, uh, these players. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and Jim, you know, this begs a, a, a little question because I've heard in the last couple of days, and, you know, this thing's gathering momentum, like mm-hmm. some things often do. Um, right. This this notion that uh, this is very bad for for women's college basketball. There, there's no competition. Uh, no other women's programs are any good. Uh, he gets every good player. You know, I watched the game the other night against South Carolina. Uh, Joe mentioned South Carolina's men's team, which I believe Joe they beat the Gators. I, I believe that's right. Um, a few mm-hmm. weeks back. Um, well, South Carolina's got a very good women's team. Jim, so they were playing mm-hmm. UConn, and I was watching, and they were hanging there, you know, right. eight points back, ten points back, but Jim, every time they made a run, you know, the Huskies had an answer, and, and they always do, and I believe 98 out of the 100 wins are by double digits, 98. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, this notion that uh, this is a terrible thing for women's basketball, I'm not sure I agree with it, because... Uh, was anybody saying that when, when, when you know, when, when the Yankees were, were winning all the time? Mm-hmm. Uh, people saying it about the Patriots. They now have five Super Bowls. So I, I don't like people taking pot shots at, at greatness. And uh, I, I think we should acknowledge what, what's gone on. Well, 
to your point, Ira, they won a hundred games, you know, in a row. But the stat that blew me away was they have not lost back to back games in eight hundred and twenty two games. Eight hundred and twenty two games. There are I did there aren't not that many that. coaches. There aren't that many coaches in college basketball that have coached eight hundred and twenty two games. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, let me let me let me just throw another number at you. Um uh re regarding UConn, okay? Oh, sure. We all agree that that right here in Tampa, the University of South Florida women's basketball team is very good. They're ranked twenty second. Um, yes. Twenty second. Now they got upset last night by U UCF, but you know, still they're a pretty good team. And they're, they're gonna be in the tournament. Sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, they've won, this is like the fifth straight season that they've won 20 games, right? So they're a good team. When they played UConn earlier this year, they they just got I know the score, but I'm not going to one-up you. Go ahead. 102 to 37. That was stunning. Absolutely stunning. Are you kidding me? And did they come out of the locker room for the opening pra- for the tip? Or did uh, they you know, but that's what you and and I know, you know, a little bit about those the those people out there. They're not afraid of UConn. They see UConn all the time. They play UConn usually three times a year, twice in the regular season, and then they get to the finals of the uh, AAC tournament, and there's UConn again. And uh, so it's like they're not in awe. They have played well in the past against UConn, but 102 to 37. It's just like, all right, if that happened, imagine in the men's game, if your number one team, in this case Gonzaga, beat the the number 22 team, whoever it is, by that margin. They'd be talking about it on, on the sports shows for the next week about what happened there. But with UConn, you expect it. That's just that's just what they do. And you know, it, I agree with Ira. I think I think it's good for basketball. I think I, you gotta yeah. have a target to shoot for. Absolutely. And you know, when when I saw that score, I I thought of my dear old friend Warner Wolf, who would have said something to the effect of, "If you had USF and sixty points, you still lost." <laughs> You know, Jim. Uh, uh, Joe mentioned Joe mentioned that game uh, against USF women, um, mm-hmm. and I and I know for a fact, and I got to give Joe credit. He, he follows that. He follows the Bulls programs mm-hmm. very closely. Always has. And Joe, it's it, it's time. Maybe it's past time, but it is time for you to weigh in uh, on the men's side and, and tell our listeners uh, why why has this program been so terrible? Uh, for such a long time, uh, Joe, aren't there any recruits in, in, in Hillsborough County? Uh, is it bad coaching? What, what is going on there with USF basketball? Well, I don't think we have a, enough time in the podcast to explain everything that's going on, but I'll, I'll touch on a couple of highlights. Uh, I mentioned that uh, the women, this is the fifth consecutive season of, of 20 wins or more. Right. For the men, now, now it's important to understand one thing. That is in the newly refurbished Sundome, the mm-hmm. basically rebuilt. It is as fine an on-campus basketball arena as you will find anywhere. 
I mm-hmm. stand by my statement. When the USF was in the Big East, Jim Beheim, no less than Jim Beheim, said he thought it was the nicest arena in the Big East. They've got the facility. They've got a practice facility for the men and women that Kentucky would look at and go, yeah, we could hang there. I mean, it is that it is that good. They live, they're located in the middle of the Tampa Bay area, one of the largest media markets in the country. And besides that, it's in Tampa. And you can walk around in shorts in January and February. So you should be able to recruit. This is one of the enduring mysteries of what's going on there. I mentioned USF women in the refurbished Sun Dome, five straight mm-hmm. years of 20 wins or more. This will be the fifth consecutive year of 20 losses or more for the men. That is unfathomable in this day and time. And so you ask me what's going on. Uh, college basketball programs are coach driven. Let's just, let's just say it. Mm-hmm. You get a coach, Mike Krzyzewski, you know, is, is obviously the, the shining example, but there are many others. Um, and the top programs seem to have the top coaches that stay there every year. USF is not even in that universe. They've, they have never, they either get a retread on the way down mm-hmm. um, or they get, they, they rolled the dice with Orlando Antigua, who was John Calipari's right hand man. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did this after they bungled the hiring uh, to begin with. Uh, uh, they wanted the guy from Manhattan and we're all set to announce and it turned out he hadn't graduated from college. So, you know, they, they had to be a hasty retreat from that and, and hired Antigua who came in here talking a big game and just kept losing and losing and losing and losing and losing. So they're looking for a new coach again. They have Murray Bartow, uh, former UAB and other places has been there trying to, he's doing his dead level best. Uh, Coaching, coaching as hard as I'm sure he's ever coached in his life, but they got no players uh, to to compete on that level. So, sorry, Murray. Thank you for a job well done. We'll, you know, good luck in you know in your future endeavors. They have to get somebody like the football team did with Charlie Strong that has name recognition and that can recruit and has a desire to build a program at the University of South Florida. We'll see who's on the market uh, once the regular season ends and coaches start getting fired. Uh, Not every coach that gets fired is on his way down. I think we can probably think of a a few likely uh, possibilities uh, Mm -hmm. that'll be out there this, this, uh, you know, this season at the end of the season. But Ira, to answer your question, they got to solve that men's basketball problem. It's just mind-boggling that they can be this bad this long with the resources that they have. And Jim, uh, Jim, yeah. remember when we were talking about USF changing conferences? Uh, mm-hmm. All three of us said that um, you know the the men's basketball program uh, would would be a drag, mm-hmm. uh, a potential a potential drag in, in that respect, and. Uh, And nothing's changed in that regard, Jim. We will be right back with more of the Sunshine Boys on ASN Digital right after these words. 
jumps he shoots he scores don't miss a single drive dribble or dunk it's college basketball season and the american sports network has your ticket to the games see your favorite league play with teams from conference usa the american atlantic 10 mid-american and more live college basketball on the american sports network Welcome back to the Sunshine Boys on ASN Digital. I'm Jim Williams, your host. With the Sunshine Boys themselves, Ira Kaufman and Joe Henderson, let's pick up the conversation again with you, Joe. Stan Heath, who did get uh, run off at Arkansas, came to South Florida, actually had a pretty good run and got the Bulls into the tournament uh, as an at-large team. Uh and was the uh, Big East Coach of the Year the last year before, um, you know, the uh, the new Sun Dome opened up. Stan did a great job, had some players, uh, coached them well. They were within just a, a, a tick of going to the Sweet 16 that year, probably should have gone, and won a couple of NCAA tournament games, were – were considered like really a a, a terrific uh, story. Uh, and when I say it was Big East Coach of the Year, that was when the Big East was the Big East. And then they went into the new arena and they just started losing. And they kept losing and kept losing. Stan lasted two seasons, ran him off. In comes Orlando Antigua. They've run him off at midseason. Um, they compete in the American Athletic Conference very well in every other sport except men's basketball. And they've got to get that fixed. They've just they've got to get it fixed. There's just no other solution. They've got to get the right coach. He's got the, the raw material here. Get it done. Hey Jim, one thing I noticed about college basketball, and uh, yeah. and I know this touches you too because you're very uh, you're, you're very you know into uh, announcing and who's doing games and Jim, we, we got a real changing in the guard, I think, uh, with, with uh, televised uh, college hoops because uh, when you think of uh, Billy Packer, Jim, remember Billy Packer? Of I, course. I I work with Billy, yeah, I remember him. And uh, Musburger. And, yep. uh, of course, uh, a man that's uh, down in, in, in Joe and I's uh, neck of the woods, uh, Mr. Vital. Uh, right. You know, sort of, they're all being phased out or have been phased out, Jim. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess that's that's the way of the world. Uh, they, they, they did their thing for a long time. Uh, so who do we have now, Jim? Gus Johnson and crew? Uh, I I love Gus, and but Gus Johnson is not my go-to basketball announcer uh, at this point. You know, one real quick, let me put a quick plug in for a guy who has retired but uh, for many years was the voice of college basketball, and that's Dick Enberg. That's right. Uh, Dick retired this year, and because Vin Scully uh, retired, he wasn't really, um, he didn't really get the just due he got for what he did for um, baseball when he was um, you know, and, and first, tennis, Jim. Well, tennis, tennis, basketball, yeah. football. I mean, 
Dick is, was as good an announcer at as many sports as, as I think ever was. And so he, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm happy to see that he got, uh, it was, um, I don't know if you saw, he, uh, he used to do, he was actually brought out to California to do UCLA basketball. And he did UCLA basketball for a number of years. And uh, he and John Wood were close and he and Bill Walton are close. And so um, at a recent UCLA home game, that Walton was doing that it was Dick Enberg night and he made it uh Dick Enberg night. And, um, Jim, didn't uh, they just have uh, lefty dry night? Um, yeah. Yeah. Did yep. You, they uh, did. Um, you didn't sneak out for that. Did you? Uh, no, did... no, there was no, uh, you know, there was no, uh, suggestion that they, uh, that they pay players or anything that, uh, um, <laughs> You know, giving away hundred dollar bills or any of that stuff. No, it was look. Lefty was colorful, and Lefty was about as entertaining a person as you'd ever want to be around. So, you know, it, it is it is definitely something to be sure. Let's take a quick look, guys, at like VCU and some of these other schools that uh, are in the Atlantic Ten, like Dayton and and um, VCU that I said before, and VCU and Dayton. Uh, from the Atlantic 10, there's a lot of other potential um, teams that could pop up there from the, some of the smaller conference. UT Arlington is a Sun Belt uh, team. Rhode Island, another team from uh, from the uh, May 10. I mean, there's a bunch of teams here who potentially could in, could get into the mix. And of course, we haven't even talked about Cincinnati and SMU. So there are I a bunch, a handful of teams from the mid majors that that are making some noise here. Uh, and not only that, Jim, but, you know, I think what really makes a great tournament, mm-hmm. and uh, and Joe remembers when uh, this happened right here in Tampa, uh, Joe remembers Siena. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, we end up writing seven stories and sending people to Siena, uh, Florida, Gulf Coast College, Jim. In They're lovely, coming back. In, They're going to be in the tournament. Fort Myers. Uh, you know, that's exciting. That is absolutely sure. exciting. And when they played, Joe, they played the Gators that year, I think the year they lost finally in, in the tournament. Right. Um, and, and, you know, everybody was into that game. I mean everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, especially in the Sunshine State, Jim. The Gators ended up winning. They were too good. But uh, they didn't blow them out. And um, it, it's, it's the threat of the, uh, you know, the little guy, Jim, that uh, I, I think really um, – it's a big part of driving the tournament. The pools, mm-hmm. uh, of course, are, are a big part of it. Uh, you got to have those, those Siennas, Joe, to, to really make a great tournament. Well, and uh, since Jim mentioned VCU, that could be a Siena this year. Now, they are on yeah. the bubble. I believe that's fair to say, but they're getting hot at the right time. And uh, that is a... As you know, they're going to be a very well-coached, very disciplined basketball team, and they could be a, a Siena. Now, you mentioned SMU and Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I, I think they would rise above the category of a Siena. Um, right. They would not. Uh, it wouldn't surprise anybody if either of those teams wound up in the Sweet 16 or or even mm-hmm. beyond. Uh, Cincinnati uh, very quietly has had one terrific year. Now they're only 
the ranking is like only 18th, um, and there were some questions about that, but they're they're 22 and three, and you know they're they're a very disciplined, very good basketball team. Uh, Mick Cronin is one of those coaches that really doesn't quite get the respect he he should. He's he took over. Uh, I guess I think he's been at Cincinnati like 11 years now since all that Bob Huggins fiasco that uh, resulted in that and uh, all the the turmoil around the program. And people in Cincinnati stopped coming to their games. They just said they were so bitter over uh, what happened with Huggins that that they turned on you know on the Bearcats, and it wasn't their fault. They just um, you know, it certainly wasn't Mick Cronin's fault. He persevered, um, built a, a a decent program, but then last year he gets, you know, he had the uh, the health issue that sidelined him um, mm-hmm. down the stretch. Come back this year, they're they are consistent, they are dangerous, and that's another team that. If if I'm one of those quote unquote glamour programs, and and I see the brackets unfold and I see that I've got Cincinnati in the first round or I'm drawn into them in the second, I'm going, uh oh, <laughs> better strap it on for that one. Okay, and uh, and SMU's the same way. Right. SMU's very good team. I have a statistics set of statistics here. So before you jump on me, let me finish it. The, uh, <laughs> Both Cincinnati and SMU in the RPI rankings, which are, you know, factor into who gets in the tournament and who don't. Cincinnati mm-hmm. and SMU are 15 and 16 respectively. And Duke is 17th on that list. You are very dangerous just, with stats in your hands. Just saying, dangerous. as the saying goes. <laughs> But not Joe for says, nothing. Duke, not not for know, nothing. Yeah, exactly. As Joe points out, though, Jim, Duke's playing better now. They're sure. playing better. And they had that three-week hiccup, which Duke teams normally don't have. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, with with the guy barking the signals on the sidelines and his pedigree, um, you'd be foolish to count them out, Jim. Yeah, I'm, I, um, I'll tell you. You know, having Larry Brown at SMU is a, is a riot. Um, I mean, if ever there's a person who is a coach and loves coaching and is a great teacher, in some regards, I think uh, Larry never really got his just due on that regard. Yeah. You, yeah now remember, Larry. Larry's not there anymore, though. No, no, no. I'm just saying he set that program in place is what I meant. Well, yeah. I apologize. Yes. Okay. Okay. You, you have me worried. No, he's there. not coaching now. Uh, no, no. But he he did well, and and that that's an example of you kind of say, all right, let's roll the dice a little bit. We know Larry Brown's history, and he got him in trouble. They were on probation last year, mm-hmm. uh, and you know sometimes I guess some programs would consider that collateral damage, but it um, it did reestablish them, and and now they're. You know that that's another team that's just very very good. You know the American Conference in general, I don't mm-hmm. think gets the credit it deserves uh, as being a powerful basketball conference. Uh, it it really year in and year out, you're going to have the potential for four, maybe 
in a great year, even five teams from the American get in the tournament. More likely it's going to be three to four. But, you know, when you've got programs like Temple and Memphis and, of course, Cincinnati and SMU, and and then you've got, uh, you know, programs like UCF that are uh, under the radar but building to something pretty good. Um, if we could ever get USF straightened out. But right now, the American is is one of those really, nobody pays attention to them uh, as a conference because they're not a quote unquote power five or whatever. But uh, they play some awfully good basketball in that conference. And of course, as we saw earlier, uh, they play great football too. But we're talking basketball. You know, um... Jim, you mentioned Larry Brown in, in passing, and uh-huh. I don't want to let this—I don't want to let this go without mentioning this. Uh, but you know, when you write the history of uh, college and pro basketball over the last mm-hmm. 40 years, um, Brown's going to get a big, big chapter. Jim, he is. <laughs> There's no uh, question. Now he's a nut job. Um, you know, the guy goes from job—you know—job to job. He quits Joe mm-hmm. when nobody knows what he's doing, and then he comes out of retirement. But I'll say this, guys, in 1988, I was working for United Press, and the mm-hmm. Final Four, I think, might have been in Kansas City. They, they were going to play Oklahoma, the mm-hmm. Tubbs, and they had a heck of a team. They had Stacey King, Mookie Blaylock, mm-hmm. um, Harvey Grant. They had some players, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and they were killing people. And here comes Kansas with Danny Manning. You know, right. and, and a sure. bunch and a bunch of scrubs, and so I'm at the you know the first half ended Joe fifty to fifty, first half, um, okay. up and up and down the court, up and down the court, nobody stops. Second half, you know Manning's a stud, scores thirty one points, wins the MVP. Kansas upsets him, and Jim, I'm an old Sixer fan from the sixties, right. sure. you know, from the from the Billy Cunningham and Wolf days, right, and um. Joe, in 2001, Brown's coaching the Sixers. They got Iverson and a bunch of guys who couldn't make USF. Well, let's put it like that. Uh, okay. They had no, nobody could shoot the ball other than Iverson. And they make it to the finals. They play the Lakers. The Lakers have not lost a playoff game. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and Philly wins game one. In L.A., Iverson drops 50 in overtime. Anyway. Mm-hmm. I guess what I'm saying is, Jim, he's um, he's one of the most interesting characters I think we've come across, especially on the college landscape. Um, so I just want to give it up to Larry Brown because in terms of being a teacher, Jim, uh, yeah. he's got very few rivals in, in that regard. You know, Ira, uh, I talked to him at one time about – I asked him what was his toughest coaching you know, endeavor. And he thought for a minute, and we were in D.C. at the time at the Verizon Center. And Larry looks at me and he goes, coaching Tony Kornheiser in summer camp. <laughs> <laughs> and if you've seen Tony, Tony Kornheiser's jump shot, you, you know what he's talking about. Uh, yeah, I've got a better vertical leap than Tony Kornheiser, and I'm in a wheelchair. So, you know. Um, Anyway, no, we'll give no. He he deserves a lot of getting a lot of props, as does uh, you know a couple of other 
guys who've gone down that road, uh, guys like Tom Izzo and and you know folks like that who've been through the wars, but year in and year out they just reload. They don't really uh, go out and have any trouble finding players. Well, guys, this is college uh, hoops, uh, Jim. This is college hoops time on on the calendar on the sports absolutely. calendar, right? Absolutely, right now. This and and spring training baseball. So both of them are are fun to do. All right, guys, a uh, quick um, opportunity to give us final thoughts and um, and uh, social media. We'll start with Mr. Uh, Ira Kaufman. All right, you can catch me on uh, Twitter, Jim uh, at i kaufman seventy six. And you know what? I, I, I like the way this is shaping up for March and April in this regard. Um, the West off and on have, has had some pretty good college basketball. But let's be honest. Uh, the dominating programs, Duke, North Carolina, Syracuse, uh, you know, year in and year out, those, those are the teams that are left standing. Uh, and not so much the Arizonas, the Oregons, the Gonzaga, certainly, even UCLA. So, guys, I think in that regard, uh, you know, with the Western powers the way they seem to be as we mm-hmm. speak in February, uh, I, I think it's shaping up uh, as a very nice tournament uh, with a little bit of a Western tinge to it. Nothing wrong with a little Western tinge. Um Joe Henderson, what's up? Your social media and what you know, final thoughts. Well, my social media, you can find me on Twitter uh, at the initial J Henderson Tampa. And uh, since we're going deep, deep, deep in college basketball here, um, I'll give you a totally off the radar game to watch on Saturday. Okay. And it is an Atlantic 10 game, St. Bonaventure at Dayton. How's that for off the grid? Boy, are you digging uh, deep over there, Henderson? Ooh. Well, you know, uh, Jim mentioned Dayton earlier, so I got to yeah, give the Flyers yeah, no. their props. Uh, they, are, they are a bubble team right now. And St. Bonaventure would have beaten uh, VCU had not their students stormed the court too early and got a technical foul and, and wound up helping VCU win the game. So um, going to be a tough test for Dayton. Dayton can't afford um, many stumbles if they uh, hope to make the field uh, rise above the bubble and, and make the field. So there's a game for you to watch. Well, it's all, you know, it's always fun to watch the Flyers play. VCU is at uh, eleven and two. Dayton is eleven two. So, and both of them have won over twenty games already. So, mm-hmm. uh, uh, not... how are you going to top that? Uh, how are you going to top that, Jim? You going to top that? Yeah, middle Middle Tennessee State and Tulane uh, would be my uh, <laughs> way to, to stop I that. I figured you were going to go with Sam Houston State at Incarnate Word. I had it on my I it. had it on the tip of my <laughs> tongue, and I couldn't remember if that was this weekend or next. So, you haven't mentioned the Terrapins, Jim. I'm Jim, sorry. The Terrapins are in the top 25, I believe. Uh, they they fluctuate in and out from time to time. Uh, yeah, they're getting there. Uh, their coach, uh, Turgeon, has got himself a pretty decent uh, basketball team as long as he keeps Mellow Trimble uh, from getting hurt. Mellow, I'm, I'm interested, Jim. We will be right back with more 
of the Sunshine Boys on ASN Digital right after these words. The big dance is a month away, but the courting season continues all month. Tune in for some fancy footwork as the UNC Wilmington Seahawks and the Hofstra Pride go toe-to-toe. Then Middle Tennessee State University's Blue Raiders challenge Marshall's thundering herd. Saturday afternoon beginning at 4 on the American Sports Network. Follow us at live on ASN. Well, that brings to a close another edition of the Sunshine Boys podcast. We're happy to be on ASN Digital. I'm Jim Williams, your host, along with Ira Kaufman and Joe Henderson, the Sunshine Boys themselves. We hope you catch us next week on the Sunshine Boys podcast right here on ASN Digital. College hockey now. See it live. Be sure to tune in as the Denver Pioneers face off with the Miami Red Hawks Saturday at 8 p.m. on the American Sports Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.